Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's good, isn't he? And thank you for telling me happy birthday. Although I quit doing birthdays several years ago. That's how you stay ageless. You just, you don't have them. You just, you know. So, it's worked out really good for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really feel my age, actually. I feel pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. But when you work out a few days in a row, you kind of feel right. Older guys know that. You know, you you can't act like you're 25 when you're not. I just say that to you. Amen. Did I get an amen on this or not? I'm expecting some participation here. Yeah. The Lord is good, though, and I really appreciate the prayer. That was great, praying for the the economy of the United States and praying for for all our leaders, uh, whether you you like them or not. The Bible says to pray for them, and therefore we have done what the Bible says. In fact, Paul said that, right? No, who was it? Was it James? It was Paul. He said, first of all, that's what he said, first of all, pray for those who are in authority. And so that was really great. Thank you, Lord. Keep praying for them. Lord, help them, right? Uh, you know, we want a revival in America or an awakening in America. It would be nice to see it start with our government. And there would be a, just a move of God in our government. Wouldn't that be amazing to see that happen? Yeah. In fact, Maya is in Washington today with, at a big prayer meeting that they're doing up there. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, amen. Maya likes to do stuff like that. So I'm going to read this verse again to you, uh, Matthew 6, 13, because I'm really not through with this yet. Uh, it says, do not lead us into temptation, right? <laughs> How many people would like, that's a good prayer for you. <laughs> don't, okay, the rest of you are just liars. So you should ask the Lord, Lord, don't lead me into temptation for, to lie, because I need your help, Lord. But deliver us from the evil one. Wow. This is a day and age where we really need to pray this uh, because there's so much activity that the enemy wants to do to discourage people and pull people down and and to get people into bad sin too, which he's always been really good at that. But there's just lots of levels that we're being hit these days. But we have a big God, right? Because that's the next thing it says. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So those are what, uh, last week I shared, those are five important words. Kingdom, power, glory, forever, and amen. Kingdom, power, and really this is a doxology or a declaration that's being made um, that God wants to really release. If If you take those words if you take all those words away, you, you take a lot of the Bible away. In fact, you take God away, really. These are very these are like the essence of God, the kingdom and the power and the glory. And God is an amen God. He's a forever God. And so these are really, uh, these words are, have so much more power on them and so much more meaning to us as believers that we can't just gloss over them. We, we really need to see these things uh, in our life. And the whole thought here is, you know, that God is a giving God. God's a sharing God. He desires to, to lavish upon us. So anything that God has, He wants us to enjoy. He's a good Father. He's a good Father. And He's a generous Father. And he is out to prove to us his generosity, that his generosity is way beyond 
And he really wants us to begin to experience him like we've never experienced him. And the thing that holds us all back is our belief system. Because your believing rules you. You don't rule your believing. Your believing rules you. And whatever you believe about God and whatever you, you know, that's going to dictate how your spiritual life's going to go. It's going to dictate how you receive from God. Amen. And so um, last week I shared like, uh, like how we can engage these is through prayer, through generosity, through serving, and through owning them ourselves. And that's really how we begin to engage, you know, the kingdom of God and the power of God and the glory of God. Because I'll tell you something, God wants to bring his glory. He really does. And when his glory shows up, guess what's going to happen? That's when we're going to see the enemy. We're going to see a breakdown in the demonic forces. We really will because nothing can stand in the glory of God. And I believe it's going to let us experience. We've heard stories. and There's stories in the Bible of God's glory coming on the earth. Uh, right? And we've heard stories of, in history. And we, want to, we celebrate all that. But God is looking for people who are not just saying, Oh, that was so awesome that God did that. We need to be people who are saying, well, God, if you did it once, you can do it again. And why wouldn't you do that in my life, Lord? Have you ever just listened to some uh, person who's highly gifted and they talk about how God's used them or things they've experienced with God and, and like, wow, I wish God would do that. Or, wow, that was so cool. Have you ever but said to God, well, wait a minute, God, if you can do it with them, why not do it with me? Does anybody ever do that? Does anybody ever say to God, I mean, go out there with God and say, listen, if you did that before, if you've done that with them, I'm, I'm in on this. I'll tell you one thing that happened to me years ago is I read a scripture where Paul the Apostle was in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, I will go on to dreams and revelations of the Lord. And when, when I read that one day, that scripture came alive to me and I actually felt the Holy Spirit saying, that can be yours if you want it. And I made a choice that day. I made a, a conscious decision that day that that word was for me. That I will, from this point on my life, go on to dreams and revelations of the Lord. And God began to download at that moment to me a whole... It was like I plugged into what I, what I call the spiritual World Wide Web. I literally... It's like I plugged into something and... I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. I'll never forget this moment. Me and I think me and Matthew Bollinger and Marlon, uh, maybe Andy was Andy Squires. We were sitting back there in the prayer room praying. And it was one of the most dullest, dumbest prayer meetings ever. Like one, like get me out of here, God. That's the way it felt to me. But all of a sudden, it was like I plugged into something, and this life began to flow. And everything we were praying about, suddenly I knew all this information about it. It was like God had tapped me into the mind of Jesus. And I realized at that moment, that's available. And it began to work in my life. and began to flow in my life. And there's times when it flows more and there's times when it flows less. But I'll tell you, we can have this. We can have, we can have some things from the Lord if we'll, if we'll really go after them. Amen? Amen. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you this morning was the power of God. Okay, uh, because we can really never know God. If you're really are a person who are interested in, in knowing the Lord and relation, relationally knowing the Lord, you can't know God apart from His power because God's power is inherent to who He is. 
Okay, God is power. If he's not power, let's check it. Let's get out. Let's go home. Let's go, you know, go do something different because we need, he's a powerful God. So to really fully know God, we need to know, we need to know power. Amen? Are y'all with me on this? Um, Power is an inherent to God's nature. It's part of who God is. God's just power. Well, I wanted to read this scripture because this is probably one of my all-time favorite scriptures about power. Jesus was answering a question to some people uh, who asked him a question about marriage in heaven and all this crazy stuff they were going through. It was the Sadducees who did not believe in the supernatural, by the way. That was their, their thing. They thought you just lived on the earth and died and that was it. And he answered and said to them, you're mistaken, uh, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. In other words, there's an error that comes into our life when we have a, a life... You know, and we would all agree today, you know, if you, the Bible uh, is like prime importance. We really know, we need to know what the Scripture t- says, what the Scripture teaches, right? I mean, that, duh, if you don't know that, some, somebody slap you, you know, just slap you in the reality that you'll know that the Bible's a very important book that was being given to us to begin to know the Word of God in our life, but also the power of God. You see, we can't just be Bible people and know the Bible and have all this knowledge about Bible because the Bible even tells us knowledge puffs up. If you just know something, it doesn't, you know good. In fact, what it will do, it will create a pride in your life and God resists the proud. But when we have the power of God working with the Word of God working, then we can begin to really function and, and, and we can stay out of error. You know, Paul the Apostle said, listen, this is what he told uh, these guys. He said, he, he said don't, be, don't be people who have a form of godliness but deny the power. In other words, that is going to bring you into error. When you begin to not deny the power of God, it's going to create an error of thinking in your life. And you'll begin to make mistakes. You'll raise your kids wrong. You'll say bad things at work. You'll choose the wrong spouse. Name it. You name it. You will, your choices will be tainted with hell. Your choices will not be tainted with life. Your choices won't have life flowing in them. It'll, they'll have death flowing in them. You may think, there's, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction. Are y'all hearing this? This is how the way is. We can, we can think a lot of stuff, what the world may say or what we think logically, but the end of it won't be good for you. Hey, I'm looking for a good ending. I'm looking for a good now and a good ending. I don't want to be one of those crazy people who start out well, but in the end fizzle out and crash and burn and destroy everybody. Right? Are y'all, are y'all hearing this? Oh, I'll, uh, here's another one. I want y'all to read it sometimes. Year, years ago, the Lord, in fact, the Lord spoke it to me one time when I had the one and only migraine headache in my entire life. I don't know about you, but if, when somebody has a migraine, that's a serious thing. I was in so much pain, the sheets on my bed hurt me. And it was just weird. It was a weird experience I because I didn't know what was happening to me. But I've seen, uh, you know, where it was like something was ripped. That's the way it felt to me. Something was ripped. And I don't know what that was, but it just felt this, I felt ripped. And I hurt so bad. And I was just getting into this uh, Mark chapter 5, which is one of those most powerful because it really addresses, in Mark 5, is one chapter where Jesus addresses every need of humanity in that one chapter. 
absolutely every need that humanity, financial needs, relational needs, dealing with the devil needs, okay, death, uh, disease. And in that one chapter, he showed his authority and power over all those things, and he was the answer for all those things. Go read it sometimes. It ends with the, like, the most beautiful thing, a little girl that was dead, and Jesus brought her back from the dead. And that's powerful. Uh, so that's why in that one chapter, I think the Holy Spirit gave us to say how awesome of a God we have and how powerful a God we have over every need. Uh-huh. Yes, amen. Well, I wanted to talk to you just a moment here about powerlessness. We're talking about power, but I want to give you some thoughts about not having power because I think the, the issue of not having power is one of the primary issues that we're facing in our culture today is a feeling of powerlessness. I want to, now some of this, okay, this is all mixed up, okay? It's some of my words and it's some words that come from people who've studied human nature. But so, anyways, it's pretty good. Uh, Powerlessness may be described as an overwhelming feeling of helplessness or inadequacy in stressful situations. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't feel like you had the answers? It makes us more susceptible to anxiety, stress, and depression. This may include an inability to, to exercise our free will when it comes to expressing opinions, making decisions, or asserting our personal choices. Well, that sort of sounds like the world we're living in today. It seems like that to us. And that's really hard on American individuals, right? We're in a very individual culture. It's hard when we feel like our rights and our power to make personal decisions are being taken from us. And somebody else is going to make them for us. People who report feeling little power in their lives tend to show, listen to this, a greater risk of illnesses and death. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Often... People feel powerless and helpless because they have been regularly invalidated or treated as incompetent. Think about the council culture that we live in. Think about all the character assassination that's going on. And I want to tell you something about that character assassination thing. That is rampant right now. And you need to be really careful that you, number one, that you don't partake in that. That you don't assassinate people's character. Listen, I know pastors whose character is being assassinated, and it's all lies. I know churches that have tried to destroy their pastor by bringing people in to set him up. That's going on in the world out there that we live in. And so we have to be very careful, number one, that we are not assassinating people's character, that we are not speaking criticism. We're not launching, you know, bombs on people, assassinating people, declaring things over people, ourselves. Because when we do that, we're participating in what the devil does. And it opens us up. He gives him ground in our life, and it could easily come back on us. Easily. So we must be careful as a people about character assassination because the devil's in it. This whole council culture thing, you got to get out of it. You can't participate in it. You got to resist that kind of stuff because it's not, because it creates a sense of powerlessness in people. 
Okay, are you, are you with me so far? Listen to this. This is, this is a quote from some professor at USC. Powerlessness is inherently threatening. It's inherently threatening, and it prompts a strong desire to reduce or eliminate that feeling, a strong desire. Think about some of the things that have happened to people who feel powerless. Think about some of the evil. Uh, It can be really tragic, right? It can be tragic. That's the strong desire to overcome that. That you have felt abused, you have felt eliminated. And that it puts a retaliatory thing that rises up in people. You know, substance abuse. I just wrote these things down. Suicide. How many kids have killed themselves because they were bullied? Little kids, young kids are killing themselves because they're being bullied online or at school. That's because they feel powerless. They feel overwhelmed. They feel invalidated. Murder, sexual perversion. Sexual perversion has a root in powerlessness when somebody has been abused sexually. Okay? And what do they do? Hurt people, hurt people. They become abusers. Are y'all getting this? This all is centered in this thing of being powerless. Rioting. You know? All this kind of crazy stuff. It's, it's, it's really a... a, a it's, It's what's happening in our culture right now. That's why there's such an outrage in our culture. Because people feel suppressed and feel... And it's not going to get any better because we're not giving them the real answers. Are y'all good? Uh, Sorry, Becky. Yeah, I was going to get to that, darling. She's helping me. Becky helps me. I will get to that, I promise you. But I did want to read this on the other hand. On the other hand, people who perceive that they have power to to determine their own fate from tiny short-term decisions to important life events tend to be happier, healthier, and more productive. That's true. Even the most challenging circumstances can be more bearable if we feel that we have a say in the outcome. Our say is prayer. Our say is we have a belief in God. I can remember when we were going through tragedy in this church. That was the thing that got that I, helped me get through it. I felt like I could be, I could had, I had this hope in front of me. I felt like I had a God, even though we were crushed and didn't understand everything that was happening and why it was happening. People told me it was my fault, but you know I wasn't paying no attention to that. Honestly, I was just having a belief that God somehow my hope was in Him. He was going to. I had a, some kind of a say, so I could talk to my God about what was destroying us. You know, and I believed that he was hearing me. And I believed that he was, at some point, was going to do something about it. Even if he had to just kill me and get me out of my misery. But he was going to do something. So I didn't feel powerless in it. I felt frustrated in it. Are y'all following that? It says that uh, while small stresses may become exaggerated if we feel that we're completely helpless to change the situation. Am I talking to anybody in this room besides me? Yeah. Well, God shares power. Let's read Romans 8, 37. Listen to this beautiful verse. Yet in all these things, good things, bad things, terrible things, we are more than conquerors. Conqueror speaks of power. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So it's this twin revelation in that verse. Twin revelation. It's the revelation that we're highly loved 
and it's a revelation that God's power is in us and on us. And in that place, we can take our place, in that, in that knowledge, in that revelation, we can take our place as more than conquerors. We will never be more than conquerors. We'll always be victims if we don't really get revelation about God's love and God's power. That is what is going to make you that more than conqueror. It's those two revelations, everything rests on them. Because you can get yourself into a big mess, and one, if you don't know the love of God, you're going to just, you're going to sink. You're going to twirl down. But if you just don't, if you, but if, you also need to know that God's powerful. That's who He is. And this God of love is a God of power. So that's the, that's the amazing thing. Uh, you know, God wants to share His power with us so we can live a life without fear. Now, what Becky was mentioning, you know, we did, uh, we've done a lot of mm, premarital counseling, which is kind of nice to do. It's just rough when they come back, <laughs> right? I made a mistake. I had this one person, I'm going to tell you this right now. Two weeks after, I tried to tell them, don't get married. Mm-mm. This ain't going to work. No, no, no. No, yeah, yes, yeah, I tried to tell them, no, no, no. Two weeks after they're married, this person's showing up on my doorsteps. I made a mistake. You know what I said? Too late. You're married. Get, you know, stick with it. Deal with it. You made this decision. I tried to tell you. You know, I was kind of rough on them. (laughs) Anyways, but really what we have discovered, and this is proven in marital counseling, is couples that share power. Couples that share power. Husbands, please listen to me. If you are the man and everything goes your way, you're going to not have a good marriage. You're really not. Couples who share power. In other words, both bring something to the table. Not one. I'm not this dominant, crazy, religious thing that the church has put on husband and wives, you know, where the husband's the dominator and, you know... Husbands, couples who share power have some of the most successful, happy, long-term marriage. Less divorce, proven statistically. Amen? And so if you're, not a, a, if you're not sharing power in your marriage, you need to really ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You can talk to somebody that might help you. That, I don't know who that might be. <laughs> we'll help you. <laughs> we'll tell you it's too late. <laughs> Never too late. Okay, let me read this verse here. Philippians 4, 12 through 13. Are y'all, everybody, no, everybody's good, right? Y'all are good, y'all are happy. We're talking about the power of God. We should be happy when we talk about power. Yeah. This is what Paul said. Now, there's two, um, there's two manifestations of power, particularly, I just want to hit on just for a minute, okay? The first one is what we would call inward power. Listen to what Paul said. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. In other words, what he's saying is you are going to go through situations. You're going to go through times that are going to take you. You're going to feel like you've been taken down. You're going to go through times of pain. You're going to go through times of sorrow. You're going to go through times of disappointment. Anybody tries to tell you that's not true for the Christian life is a dodo bird at best. (laughs) They're living in an illusion, They're not real people. They're living somewhere tied up somewhere, you know. But Paul said, I know how to be a base. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned. Everybody say learned. 
I have learned to both be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. In other words, those are going to be aspects of our life on this earth. There's going to be times that we're going to, we're going to be flowing like the river, and there's going to be times we're going to be laying in a dry, dried up riverbed. And that's really the truth. And, and Paul, what Paul said, even for himself, he had to learn how to live in those times. He had to learn how to, to, to negate those times. And I'll be honest with you, I hate those abasing times. I really do. But then he gave us a secret. I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That word strengthen means to be empowered with dunamis. Dunamis. The same word that's used for when it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will have power. It's dynamic power. It's dynamite power. It's power. Paul was saying, there's this power inside of me. There's a power that enables me. And that's how we get through those terrible moments in our life, those heartbreaking moments, those moments when you get the news that just breaks your heart and you fall on the floor with no strength in your body. You don't even want to live sometimes, right? You're just so broken and you're so rejected or whatever. You're so hurt. There's this power that's inside of you that if you'll pay attention, it's trying to get out. It's trying to talk to you. It's trying to lift you up. It's trying to help you. It's not necessarily going to change nothing on the outside, but it'll help you get through until the change happens. It'll help you get through. That's, what it, that's why Paul said, I can do this. I can go through hell. I can spend a day and a night in the deep. You ever thought about that? Sharks and bad stuff out there in the water, knowing that you're not finished yet, but somehow you've got to get through that moment. He, he went through his whole list of things he went through. He went through all kinds of terror, all kinds of things, and, but he got through them because he was able to tap into something. He didn't try to tap into stuff, stuff around him or people around him. He tapped into what he was carrying. And we all have to learn how to tap in. That's what I was telling you last week about my own personal health needs. Me grabbing hold of what the Bible says, what God's Word has said for me and not wanting just somebody else to pray for me all the time and somebody else to do stuff for me. But me speaking to my own needs because my needs know, will listen to my voice where they may not listen to Marlon's, as powerful a person as Marlon is. And if I'm, always in, if I'm in trouble, I would always love for Marlon to pray for me. But there will be a day coming when the Lord says, that's great, get Marlon to pray for me. But son, it's time for you to grow up and deal with some things. You have a voice, you have words, you have authority, get with it. Get with it. Use your voice. Speak to your stuff. Well, it's the inward power of the Holy Spirit being released in your life regardless of what the situation may be. Can I read just one more? I think Debbie quoted it. I love this. It's Ephesians 20, 3.20. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. I love how old Paul, he just throws out all these words. I mean, he's just trying to describe something. And he's using these words exceedingly, abundantly, just trying to pile on these words to get us to see something. Above, exceedingly abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. According to that power. There's something powerful that's working in us. 
And he tapped in and he discovered that power. He believed in that power. He let power flow in him. And that's what we all have to learn to do. Because we all carry that power. There's not a one in here. If you're born again, there's power in you. There's Christ in you. And that is our greatest weapon in this life. It's that. And we have to wake up to it. And we have to realize it. And we got to give it a chance. You be to, I'll tell you something. If you'll pay attention... When God starts talking to you, you'll feel something in your belly. Y'all, anybody ever have that experience? I can feel it, man. I don't know why, but I'll start feeling this thing in my belly. And I know, uh uh-oh, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost speaking to the Holy Ghost in me. And I need to pay attention to that and not what else is trying to get me. And not what everybody else is saying is pay attention to that thing. When I pay attention to that thing, I'm good. I know direction. I know answers. I tell you another thing that happens to me, which I love. I'll just tell you this. Y'all might not like this kind of stuff. I love this stuff. Is there are certain times I feel this hand right here on my head. Okay? It's like, oh, I've always thought it was an angel or something. Just like, hey, man, come on, son. Pay attention. God's in the, in, in the room. God's doing something. You need to get with it. You know? It's like God helping me to pay attention to what he's doing. God wants to do that for people. If you'll let him, he will. And if you won't discount stuff like that, but you can discount it if you want to, you know. So whatever crisis we're facing, it doesn't have to defeat us. We don't have to be defeated because our government and our country is in such a terrible defeated state. We don't have to be defeated. In fact, I I would like to say this. If our country is going to succeed, we better not be defeated. Because at the end of the day, we have the answer for our country. We have a person, you know. And so whatever tragedy you're facing, whatever situation you're you're facing, you don't have to be a victim. Shed off the victim mentality. Shed off the woe is me. Shed Even if you caused it, you can still shed it off because there's the blood. Right? Like, Lord, I messed it up. I'm sorry. Let's move on. You know, anything I need to learn, I'm good, but I am going on. I am not going to live in victimhood. I'm not going to live because my mama did something to me 40 years ago that messed me up. Or my uncle did something bad to me. You know, I'm not going to let that dictate my life. I'm going to live in this thing called being more than conquerors. Because that's how God designed you and I to live. But we get to choose that. Yes, sir. We can look at tragedy, loss, and uncertain future and confidently say this. Father, yours is the power. Yours is the power. And because I belong to you and I'm your son and you are a power sharer, I have the power. I can have it because of that very fact. You can declare that. I think these are declarations. Well, let me just give you one more uh, thing that will... Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I wanted to really I wanted to share this one because this is typically how it goes with power. There's the inward power, but there's also another kind of power. It's not another kind, it's another way that God's power comes. I wanted to read this very famous verse. I love this verse though. Acts ten thirty eight. Some of you know this. It says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Note that he said Jesus of Nazareth. Note that it did not say Jesus Christ. Everybody get that? 
That's important in this verse. Jesus of Nazareth. No, we're Jesus the man. Jesus the son of man. Not Jesus Christ, the anointed one of God. That's what Luke was trying to get through to us in this. He, this is key. See, there's all these little words in the Bible that unlock things for you. God anointed Jesus now with the Holy Spirit and, note the word and, very important word here, with power. There's this dual anointing that rested on Jesus. You hear me? There was two anointings. There was the Holy Spirit that was on Jesus. That's the presence of God. That's the, the, the life of God flowing in him as he walked on this earth. But then there's this power anointing. Are y'all following this? Holy Spirit, and you can go through the Bible. There's many places where it talks about that. Many places. John the Baptist was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. You know, just different things where it, 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 says, the, it says spirit and power. It don't usually say Holy Spirit. When it's talking about that, we're number one, we're meant to carry the presence of the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is the presence of the Lord. Wherever we go. In our homes, in our business, we're, we're carriers. Jesus, you know, the old thing on Mark 1 where the Spirit came and rested on him. Mark 1, you know, when he was baptized, he came out of the thing, and this is my beloved son, and the Spirit came down and rested on Jesus. That was what they're talking about, this Spirit that rests on us, and that we walk this life with the Holy Spirit resting on us. We're carriers of the presence of God, but we're also carriers of the power of God. Power and it says he went about doing good, right? Good, doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God with him. Isn't that powerful? That's what God's called the church to do. Now we can just not do that if we don't want to, but that's really what He's called. He's meant for us to have this dual anointing on us. I'm telling you, yes. Now we can just dig on, talk ourselves out of this all day long. You know, and just want to be people. Listen, I'm a people of his presence, but I realize I need to be a man of his power. If I'm just going to be a people of his presence, that's kind of, that's great. That's, I want that. That's fundamental. But there's something else God wants to do because there's other people that need power. There's other people that need this power. They just, I, I mean, this sounds kind of terrible to say, but they don't just need a presence, Right? It's like daddy's home, but he's sitting in there watching television, doing nothing. You know, he's not loving on the kids. He's not taking the garbage out. He's not doing anything. That ain't working, y'all. We need a God who's doing something. How would you like God say, well, I'm just going to come to your church, and I'm going to sit there on the front row, but I'm not doing jack. You, you were like, what the kind of God is that? I remember one time Bob Jones some of y'all know, he was an amazing prophet, a great person, a great friend. He shows up one Sunday, not invited to come speak. He just shows up like, Bob, what are you doing here? That's what I asked. He said, well, I just wanted to come to church with you. It's more like, uh-uh. You ain't just going to come to church here. Because everybody in the room be slapping me for not letting you say something. They would, I, I would have to answer to everybody. And say, so you've got to do something. You can't just come here and do nothing. Right? You're Bob Jones. I mean, you know. Right? If Jesus walked in the room, we got to say, you've got to do something because you're Jesus. You can't just sit here. Oh, we want to sit in your presence, Jesus. We love your presence. It's beautiful. I'm all into that majorly. 
But I'm also getting more and more into Jesus. We need to do something. Because Jesus was doing stuff. Can I read these verses to you? And then we'll stop. Uh, this is kind of how this thing works out, I think. Some of it anyway. It says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Don't you love that? The manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation of the Spirit, he's talking about God doing something. That's what he's talking about. Now listen to this. We haven't talked about this in a long time. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, that's really important. That's, this is how the Holy Spirit works. I personally don't believe, you know, I feel like I walk in these revelatory gifts, but I don't think they're my gifts. They're the Holy Spirit's gifts. I don't own those gifts. I can't, make the, I can't have revelation on demand. I can't just decide to have revelation. I can decide I want revelation. I can decide to ask for it, but the Holy Spirit has to be the one that releases it. Okay, now that's how these gifts of the Spirit work. You know, they are meant for the Holy Spirit to have control of them, not us. And they are not meant for us personally. They're meant to profit the people around us. God wants to help people. Are y'all following this? That's why we have these things is God wants to help humanity. And so he has chosen, this is the way I want to help humanity. And he's given us these gifts. And so probably many of you know this, but... This is something I hadn't thought about in a long time, about how there's like three categories of gifts here, okay? There's revelation gifts. That's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits, right? Those are revelation. That's God revealing things. Uh, And that's kind of like, you know, been the thing. For me, that's what I have been drawn to for years. I've loved that kind of stuff. I still love it. I'm real drawn to it. But then there's also these power gifts. Everybody say power. Those are like the special faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. That's power gifts. That's power gifts. And then the other ones, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, are vocal gifts. That's how those people have categorized those. I think it's a beautiful way of you know, doing it because it helps me to kind of get an understanding of this, these different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And so I personally have pursued those revelatory gifts for years, but I have felt, I felt from the time I became a pastor, I was supposed to have power gifts, healing people. I felt like that was one of the things. I, think, I told you all a few weeks ago, I had this, my vision of being a pastor was the Word, you know, hanging out with God and healing people. That's what I really thought I was going to be doing. I, those are the things that were in my heart that I wanted to do. And God, it wants to stir up power gifts because the world needs healing the world needs people who are going to have a gift of faith to operate in a difficult situation right the world is going to need somebody who has a miracle working in them when there's nothing else but a miracle that'll work the world needs it and the world needs these prophetic gifts these you know when the tongues there i believe is more the prophetic tongues not necessarily your personal prayer tongue 
which is really another subject. But I wanted to read this one other scripture right quick. Are you, mm. I'm about done, but here, I'm just telling you what I do. Okay, this is what I've been doing. Okay, this verse, Matthew seven eleven. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? You know what I've concluded? Well, I think, I think those verses that I just read are some good things. You know what I'm saying? Define your good things. Well, a wife, who finds a wife finds a good thing? If you're a guy looking for a wife, if you already got one, don't be asking for one. <laughs> Take care of the one you got, right? You know, <laughs> it's really good advice. You should not be seeking another wife or girl on the side. <laughs> that will not work. If you're not married, do not be acting like somebody's your spouse. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. That would be bad for you. It brings trouble in your life. But what I've done is like, Lord, you know what? These are some good gifts. I mean, these are some good things that I think I would like to have in my life. I, I, would, I would like to have the gift of healing flowing in my life. I want to get the healing flowing around me. I want the gift of miracles flowing. I'm asking for those things because Jesus said, how much more will your Father give good things to those who ask Him? I think we should be asking God for these types of things. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking for a new car, a new job, all that good stuff. I'm all for that too. It's just right now, for me, I think these spiritual things are way more important. I think those are the things we need to really be pursuing the Lord about and asking God to release them in our life and let them become a part of our life and we flow in those things in our life. Not for ours. And God's in control of them and He does it as He wills. It's not like we're going to walk around like some highly gifted, you know, puffed up idiots. No, we're just going to be people that God can use in a situation. You know, suddenly the gift of faith rises. And I know many of y'all, I've had that happen. I've had the gift of healing happen here and there over the years. But I feel like the Lord's saying, you need to go after it, son. If you want to ask me, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give it to you. I'm looking for people who are giving me a yes. I really am. Are you, are you a person who will give the Lord a yes on some of this? Are you a person who's saying, you know what, I want to make a difference? Uh, well, speaking of birthdays, I was thinking, well, you know, I'm not, I, don't, I probably don't have as much time left as I've got behind me, right? More than likely, I don't. In fact, it would be kind of sad if I did because y'all would be all gone. You know, my, my grandkids would be gone. Everybody would be gone. <laughs> but I am thinking, I was put here on this earth for a purpose. I want to finish that purpose. I want to live a fulfilling life. You know, and I think these things will help us live purposeful, fulfilling lives. I think the power of God will help us do that. I really do. And I think we, we must get, we must have that. We, the church must have it. And it can't just be special people. Jesus says, if you then, not if you apostles or you prophets or you pastors, if you, if you housewife, if you student, 
If you, if you are a you today, you can say, this is what I want. If you're a you, are you a you? I'm a you. That's why I said, I'm one of those yous, Lord. I'm a you. I want some of these good things. I want them, Lord, because not that I want them just for Byron Wicker. I would be blessed by but everybody, everybody around us would be blessed. Everybody would be touched. Everybody could have a taste of God and probably get saved. Amen. Okay, y'all stand up and we'll. Yeah, man, that sticks. Come on, that's like peanut butter. <laughs> and peanut butter sticks. <laughs> Stick on your ribs. All right, let's do this. If you're a person who is in a situation that you're like what Paul was saying, I'm in a mess. I got a mess going on here, Lord, in my life. I got a situation that's eating me alive. I got a situation that's broken me, Lord. If that's you, please raise your hand. If you're one of those people, raise your hand. Okay. Well, man, y'all are in great shape. Raise your hand up higher so I can see you. Y'all look around. If there's a hand raised, I want you to go lay hands on that person. And I want you to call forth the power that works in them. The power that works in them. Don't be so arrogant that you ain't got bad things working. You know, you can say, I'm identifying with Paul. I'm being a base like crazy right now. I'm being humble. I'm being, I'm feeling broken. My life has broken me, Lord. Boy, oh boy. Lord, we just ask you. I know some obvious health things. You know, it's just broken, man. You're broken because the health things, you can't get the deliverance, you can't get free. The Lord wants to free you and heal you. And some of you, it's, it's relational things, it's family things. Some of you, it's the financial thing. It's just the, the disappointment, the hurt. Lord, we're asking you this morning, right now, the, according to the power that we pray for these who are hurting this morning, that... That, that, that scripture, I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. Through Christ who gives me the strength, who gives me the power. Lord, we're asking that power would get released in these, these hearts and these minds that are hurting so bad. We're asking you to do it. I pray for a revelation of the power of Christ in them today that they would know that they can do this. They can get through this. They don't have to be a victim. Lord, we curse that thought of being a victim, of losing and being destroyed. We curse that, Lord. We break the power of being a victim off your people. Your people are not victims. Lord, we are more than conquerors. I pray that, Lord, more than conquerors, that revelation of the love of God and the power of God would come upon your people who are hurting and that they can know that they're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that today, Lord. We thank you that you're real, Lord. We thank you that you're power. Let's just take a minute and pray that. Come on, Holy Ghost, come. Touch your people. Heal your people. Deliver them and give them a, a breakthrough today, Lord. Give them a breakthrough, Lord. Yeah. Give them a breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Heal the brokenhearted. That's what Jesus, what you did. You healed. You, you set captives free, Lord. That's what you do. Set them free, Lord. Set them free, God. And the other one, y'all. If you would like to be a person 
that could tap into the good things of heaven in terms of the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit. Just lift your hands up to the Lord right now. Lift them up and say, Lord, I want the gifts. Give me some of those good gifts. Let them flow in me. Let them flow more. The ones you have, the ones you're carrying, tell the Lord, bring it up a notch. Bring it up. Bring healing up, Lord. Bring miracles up, Lord. Bring revelation up, Lord. Bring prophecy up. Lord, we're asking you, we don't want to be just a regular people who get together and talk about you. We want to experience you, and we want to carry you into this broken world, and we want to give answers to this broken world and these broken people. Lord, we're asking you to do that. Download on us right now, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and download on us. Download your power. Download your anointing. Anoint us with the Holy Spirit and power. You can shorten that prayer if you don't want to list things. You can say, Lord, anoint me with the Holy Spirit and power like you did Jesus. Tell the Lord that. Say it to him. Ask him when you get in bed at night. When you wake up in the morning, just say, I want that. Do it today, Lord, not tomorrow. Do it while I'm sleeping so when I wake up, I'll have this anointing on me. God's interested in doing this. You anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good, destroying, destroying the works of the devil. God wants to destroy the works of the devil in our lives, in our country, in our neighborhoods, in our ministries, in our churches. God wants that stuff destroyed. He's tired of us being beat up. He wants us to turn the tables on the devil. He wants us to, sh- to show the devil something. We, Lord, I pray for a holy anger against the works of the devil. That we would just get mad in our hearts in a righteous way against what the devil is doing. And make the devil regret that he ever touched us. That's what we need to feel, y'all. Is when we think about somebody who's suffering with sickness that something rises up and says, the devil will regret ever touching him. He's going to regret this because I'm going to take take him down. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to stand by and watch people suffer. The devil shouldn't have that authority. He shouldn't have that right. And we must become people who see that. And like uh, Corey said, we participate with what God's doing. Amen? Well, okay. Y'all can keep praying for your friends and... Uh, we can just be dismissed and, you know. Thank you. Yeah, amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.